Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Psalms chapter 1. If you got a Bible, go to Psalms chapter 1. Uh, I have tonight, as the kids would say, a real banger. Is that what the kids would say, a real banger? Uh, no, they would not say that. Um, I, got a, I got a message tonight that I'm, I'm pretty pumped about. Psalm chapter 1, if you got your Bible, go there. And uh, we're, we're kind of continuing or finishing tonight a, a series that is not really a series. We're not really in a particular sermon series, but we've kind of been talking about the same thing for three weeks in a row. And I think that's kind of what constitutes a sermon series. So I guess we're in a series with no title or no real objective. And that's what we're in. Uh, but we've been going through every single week Psalms 1. And what we've really been talking about is the importance of being people that seek God. People that with all of our heart, we're actually intentionally saying, God, I'm going after you. I want to pursue you. And uh, we're going to read it here in just a moment. But what we've discovered in Psalm chapter one, uh, number one, is that God blesses. God rewards people who seek him. Um, is, it, is, it, uh, is it like an ego trip if you quote yourself? Uh, because I've been quoting myself recently. And the very first week, uh, I said something that I'm like, man, like, that was pretty good, Brandon. Like, that was, like, I, I'll receive that. And, and it's simply this, that while God does not play favorites, God does put favor on people. God plays no favorites. The Bible says over and over again that God, he shows personal favoritism to no man. However, what we see through scripture is that God can put his hand on someone's life. God can put favor on, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you are 12 or you are 94,000 years old. Like God, he can put his hand of favor on your life. Doors will open for you that do not open for other people. Opportunities will come that other people will not see. Blessing will come that other people cannot, cannot get to because God's hand is on your life. I could, we could sit down and have a coffee and I could tell you about all the different Bible characters throughout scripture that God's hand of favor was upon them. Why? Because, because they were seeking God. Matthew, Matthew 6, 33, Hebrews eleven six. 6, uh, the Bible tells us that God, he blesses, he rewards. And we talked about this the first week. And, and this is kind of like the main thing that I, I wanted, wanted you to see. Uh, that word bless, someone say bless. bless. That word bless doesn't mean like material stuff. Like when, when you think about blessing, if you're like me, you automatically go to some sort of Americanized cultural version of that. But the word bless, it literally just means happy. It, it means on the inside that you have joy. On the inside, you have a sense of excitement and enthusiasm and fulfillment in life, which by the way, is what every single person in this room, no matter your age or, or what's going on in life, is looking for. You only want what you want because you think it will make you happy. You only want what you want because you think if I only had this, was this, did this, was in this place, then I would be, and the Bible goes, you wanna know where real happiness, joy, you want to know where that thing you're looking for comes from? It comes when you seek the Lord. Last week, we talked about this, the power of agreement, how what opens the door in your life to either God or the devil is what you're in agreement with through, through your words, through your actions, through uh, your um, participation, through even just you being passive and letting stuff just, just exist around you, that you, your agreement opens the door 
to either God to move in your life or the enemy to bring absolute torment to your life. You know why, you know why so, so many of us at times we feel overwhelmed, we feel tormented emotionally? It is because we've come into agreement with things that have given the devil access into our life. And tonight as we close uh, the series, I'm going to talk about tonight, very fitting as we honor uh, MK and Isabel, 45-day challenge winners. I'm going to talk about tonight uh, being people uh, who, who, who love the Bible, Pe- being people who love the Bible. And I want to read Psalm chapter 1, and then uh, we'll get into this. Uh, Psalm chapter 1, reading the whole chapter tonight as we close out the series. It's like, Brandon, we've read the whole chapter every week. Why are you even saying that? Uh, verses 1 through 6 on the screen, it says this. Blessed, some will say blessed. Blessed Blessed is the man. I like the enthusiasm I heard from someone over here. Blessed. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We talked about that last week. That is the power of agreement. The Bible goes, blessed is the person who is not in agreement with the ways of this world. Verse 2 says this, but... Verse two says, but, someone say, but. I had a youth pastor uh, when I was uh, in middle school, and I'll never forget this. He said, he said, listen, you need to look for all the buts in the Bible. Like you, the, the buts in the Bible, like that, that, that's what you got to look for. He says, but his delight. So hold on. Blessed is the person who's not in agreement. Their life isn't in agreement with the ways of this world, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Listen to this verse three. This is where we picked up in uh, the week, week number one and talked about the blessing of seeking God. It says, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither and whatever, someone say whatever, and whatever he does shall prosper. Verse four, But the ungodly, they're not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Verse five, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment or sinners in this congregation of the righteous. Verse six, for the Lord, he knows or he watches, he keeps, he guards, he protects, he preserves the way of the righteous. Again, there's reward and blessing in seeking God for God's eye God's protection, God's hand is on your life, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you're taking notes, uh, I'd encourage you to take notes. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, title of the sermon tonight, simply this, change it up. Look at your neighbor and say, change it up. Change it up, change it up. Um, have you ever been like in, in a zone before? You ever been daydreaming? You ever been just like staring off into the distance, thinking about all the galaxies and complexities of the universe? And you're like, no, I've never thought about that. Okay, have you ever just been like zoning out in class and then something happens? There's like, and all of a sudden, like you're, you're, you're startled. Like here's a good example. Um, this is not a drill, by the way. It's not a drill. Everyone in the room stand up right now. Everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. All right. Uh, this is not optional. This is full participation. I want everyone in the room right now, if you're on this side of the room, I want you to find a seat on this side of the room. If you're on this side of the room, find a seat on this side of the room. One, two, three, go. Come on, you gotta make it fast. 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 You gotta make it quick. Find a seat. Find a seat. Find a seat. Come on. We're changing it up. Wait, are you serious? I'm going back. 
No, I'm serious. Like, like no. someone, someone, please. Where's Christina's stuff? She's sad because she left. Where's your stuff? Where's your stuff? Where's your stuff? Okay. You, you left. All right. All right. So as, as we talk about the Bible tonight, someone say the Bible. All right. Say it like you mean it. Say the Bible. All right. As we talk about the Bible tonight, I want you to change it up. I, I want your perspective, your mentality, how you think about the scripture, how you think about the whole subject of reading the scripture. I want you tonight to just go, I'm, I'm going to change it up. Because I think for a lot of us, when it comes to things like reading the Bible, especially if you're a church kid, how, how many of you by show of hands, uh, you, you would say pretty much you were like raised in church? Okay, it's like a bunch of us, okay. Um, especially if you're a church kid. Like I, I was telling Matt this earlier, do, do you know, and by the way, I love you, there's no offense to this, but do you know who the hardest group of kids over my 13 years of doing youth ministry, who the hardest group of kids is to disciple and get passionate about Jesus? Church kids. Church kids. Be, because you've been sitting in church for so long, hearing all the stuff about Jesus and God and the Bible that I, I literally had, I've never wanted to punch a parent. That's not true. I have wanted to punch a parent before. I've never uh, really like really wanted to like, like I did. I had a parent one time they're like, yeah, you know, my student, they're not really going to be in church anymore. You know, it's just like on Wednesday nights, Brandon, everything that you guys are talking about, they already know all that stuff. And I thought, you're an idiot because they might've heard it before, but it doesn't mean they're living it. It doesn't mean they know it at a heart level. And sometimes the hardest thing for us when we are church kids is we, we've been in church for so long. We've been sitting, listening to sermons, and we've been around this for so long that we kind of just, well, we kind of just like go off into, into a zone. And we're here, and we're about it, but, but actually it's not really relevant and changing and transforming our life the way it should. Psalm chapter one, it, it, it says this, and I have a very simple sermon tonight. It says this, it says, blessed is the person who their delight, someone say delight. Their delight is in the scripture. I, I wanted to make sure I was accurate, so I looked it up. Um, the word delight, it means to find pleasure in something, enjoyment in something, uh, Webster's Dictionary says to pleasure something or enjoy something greatly. Like, for example, um, I take great delight, can I get an amen, in ice cream. Like, I, maybe I shouldn't, but I think about it. Like, I'll, I'll be like 2, two o'clock in the afternoon, and it's like, man, I cannot wait for my kids to go to bed tonight, for them to be quiet for just a number of hours, please don't get out of their beds. And I just want to sit and watch a show and I want to eat some ice cream. I take great delight and pleasure in ice cream. But, but what we, we have to realize about Psalm chapter one is that's actually not the context or the way it's talking about it. See, because here, here, here's like the lame excuse that I hear a lot of times for lots of church God things. Well, you know, Brandon, I just want to be authentic. I want to be genuine. And uh, so, you know, if I'm just not like, like feeling it, I just don't really engage it, you know, because that's kind of hypocritical, right? Like, if I don't really like feel it to really, but, but when the Bible says delight in the law of the Lord, it's not talking about what your emotion says. 
It's not, it's not talking about, it's like, well, you know, I just, like, I just, some people love the Bible and some people don't. I'm just not a reader. No, it's, it's talking about delight that's intentional. Like, like for, for example, I love ice cream so much, but if I ate ice cream and took delight in ice cream the way that I would like, I'd be like 400 pounds. And, and so, like we 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 get this with with other things. Sometimes we got to go. You know what? When 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 it comes to what I'm taking delight in, when it comes to what I'm like going to for enjoyment, I I got I got to pick some different things. The, the Bible is a book of great intentionality. The Bible says this in Colossians chapter three verse two. It says Colossians chapter three verse two. It says, "Set your mind on things above." not on things on the earth. I've been doing this example for probably literally 13 years. Matthew's shaking his head because he's probably heard it a billion times. But it's like, if I said, uh, if I said, Christina, would you please bring me that red Bible that's underneath your chair? Please, P- pretty please. Thank you, thank you so much. It took intentional effort. She actually had to use her brain and connect it to her physical body and lean over, pick up the Bible and, and hand, I don't know whose Bible this is, but, and, and hand it to me. The, the Bible goes, you got to set your mind on things above. You have to make the intentional choice and effort to take your thinking to, to take where you're going to put your, your, your enjoyment, your delight. You got to take it and you got to put it on things Above. This is something we've talked about before, but one of the dumbest statements in the history of dumb statements is follow your heart. It's follow your heart, man. Your heart will lead you to hell and back. Your, your heart will literally lead you to a life of pain and hurt and turmoil and eventually eternal damnation. Jeremiah says this, the heart cannot be trusted. You ever had a thought that you're glad no one knows you had that thought? You, you ever had an, an inclination that you're glad you did not act upon that inclination? Yeah, because your heart can, but we live in a culture that says your, your heart's the leader, man. If you feel it, just follow your, but actually Matthew 6.21 says, listen to this, Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the Bible goes, your heart's not a leader, your heart's a follower. So my, my, what's my treasure? My treasure, it's my time. It's my energy. It, 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 it's my money. Where'd I put my, it's, it's my time. It's my energy. It's my money. It, it, it's my life. The Bible goes, wherever you put your treasure, your heart will start moving that direction. See, what happens to a lot of us is we, we, we double down on the emotion and desires of our flesh and, and of our carnal nature, the Bible would call it. And we just go, wherever my heart leads me, I'm going to go there. And then what happens, you start putting all your treasure there. And then your heart doubles down and that inclination becomes stronger. That, 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 that grip, that desire, whatever it might be, it grows in intensity because your heart follows wherever you put your treasure. See, when Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law. It doesn't mean blesses the person who just grew up in a house with no TV and they have an amazing IQ and they just, they're addicted to reading 
and their favorite type of reading is the scripture. Well, no, that would be like a, a, a not equal opportunity because anybody besides for me, reading is not always your favorite thing. Like I, m- most mornings I wake up and I'm not like, oh God, it's five o'clock in the morning. Praise Jesus. I just, I, no, m- most mornings I get up, it's like, all right, it's five o'clock in the morning. I need coffee. I need, I need water. And I need for Todd, if you are real, keep those children in their room. If you're real, just keep them asleep. Just put, a, put, put slumber upon them. In the, be, and, and it's like, I, I drag myself to go, I'm, I'm making a choice today to open your, your word. Here's the other thing it says. It says, blessed is the person who their delight. They, they go, you know, I'm going to put my delight. I'm going to put, put, put my, my treasure here in the word. It says, but blessed is the person, Psalm chapter one, blessed is the one who walks out in the counsel of the ungodly, da, 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 verse two. But his delight, Psalm chapter one, verse two, his delight is in the law of the Lord, Psalm chapter one, verse two. And in his law, someone say in his law, he meditates day and night. It says he, he, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that meditation, that's not sitting Indian style and humming, but meditation, what it actually means, it means, it means to, to ponder or think about something deeply and con- continually. If you're taking notes, you could write this down. Just my first, my first thoughts. And I only have two, but my first thought is this, is that the Bible as priority, it, it's non-negotiable. That, that might rub you the wrong way. You, you might not enjoy hearing that, but I, I just, you, you gotta know. You, you have to just have this reality, whether, whether you, you, you're, you, you give yourself to it or not. The reality is you cannot live a blessed, prosperous, thriving life in relationship with Jesus, fulfilling his per. You cannot do it without the Bible. I like if, if you want to argue with me, I'd love to argue with you. I, I would sit down with a cup of coffee and I can show you from front all the way to back. You you pick a Bible character and and I will help you to see that no, actually the Bible, scripture, a, a an intentional desire or an appetite for God's word, it was essential to 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 what God was was doing in, in, in their, their their heart and life. You ever, you ever had, had a, a conversation with someone and something they said was absolutely, uh, well, it, it just kind of set you off on the inside a little bit. You, you ever had this conversation? It's like someone says something and you're like, I, I was talking to someone this past week. They, um, they texted me and said, hey, Pastor Brandon, can, can I call you? So yeah, yeah. They said, bro, I, I really need help. Uh, nobody in this room knows this person, so don't try to think of who this person is. Um, they're in their senior year of college. They said, hey, can, 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 can I call you? Yeah. And they said, all right, here, here's the deal. I, I, I really need to change. So, okay, well, like, like define that a little bit. It's like, they said, can I be honest? I said, bro, the only way anyone gets better is, is honesty, vulnerability, transparency. That's why James says, confess or bring into the open your trespasses that there may be healing you, you, you're never getting healed. You're never getting free hiding stuff. That, that's just, that, that's free. That's not even part of the notes. I said, I said, yeah, tell me about it. He said, all right, well, <clears throat> um, I spend pretty much every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night 
getting absolutely plastered. And I've kind of like made it my goal like the last couple years to just try to hook up with as like many girls as I can. And I know that is not like, I just, I feel so messed up. And here's what I said. I said, all right, well, here's my question. And and maybe it was surprise you a little bit, but here's what I want to know. Why why do you want to change? Why? Well, you know, because um, I just, I I don't like really feel good about myself. That's okay, okay, great. Um, But help me to know though. The, those two decisions, which by the way, I'm sure there's many other decisions this person making. I said, but those two decisions, just getting plastered, drinking a lot, and just trying to hook up. Like what? But why are these things bad though? He, he goes, well, when when I drink and I get that drunk, I just make really dumb decisions, and um, I yeah, I, I just like I I make awkward dumb decisions like socially, and it's just I don't know, it's just it's like it's it's weird. And I don't know, man, like when, when I'm sleeping around and stuff, it just gets kind of socially awkward too, because like I run into people on campus, it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of weird. And, and, I, and I, I said, um, those are stupid reasons. I said, if, if, if you'd like for me to, I, I, I can help you keep on sinning. And, and this is, obviously I wasn't being serious, but, but I said, I can help you keep on sinning. Why don't you just get drunk in your dorm room all by yourself? then you won't make any dumb decisions, like socially, that will be weird. And why don't you just go get on some random dating app and why don't you just go, you know, do what you're doing just somewhere where it's not gonna be socially awkward. And, and the point that I wanted him to see is that when, when I just put reasons to, to behavior that aren't because the Bible said so, I can w- wiggle out of those easy. Like, th- this may not be a statement that you, you, you like hearing or that you really embrace, but we got to get back to, to simple answers like this, be, because the Bible said so. Be, because the Bible said so. Hey, but like, why, why shouldn't I think that way? Be, because the Bible said so. Yeah, yeah but, but why, why shouldn't I make that decision? Because the Bible said so. Yeah, but why, but why is that wrong? Because the Bible, like we don't like being told because I said so, can I get an amen? Like we don't like, that's the worst answer ever from your mom and dad. Hey, why, why not? Because I said so. Ah, that's, like, why? Because we want to negotiate. We, we, we want a reason. We want a rationalization. But we got to remember that we are not God. We're not God. And, and here, here's what I want you to know. If you don't catch a- anything else tonight, here's what I want you to know. The whole reason that God gives commands and the whole reason that God gives instruction is for your good, not his. The Bible says this in John chapter 15, ver- verse 11. It's in the very end of the notes, Victor, I'm sorry. John 15, verse 11 um, yeah, we, we, we can start there. First John 1, 4, that, that's good. Or John 15, 11, e- either one. First um, John 1, 4, uh, the apostle John, he says, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Let, let that sing in for a minute. These things we're, we're writing to you that your joy may be full. Not, it doesn't say we're writing these things to you so you can know how to make God love you more. Nope. 
We're writing these things to you so that you can get on God's good side. Nope. These things I've spoken to you, John 15, 11, you can switch it up on me. That's cool. It's all good. Throw me off. These things I've spoken to you, Jesus said this, that your joy, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I had a conversation about a month ago with my seven-year-old Evelyn that I think is actually incredibly relevant to you and I and our relationship with God. We, we sat down. She deliberately disobeyed something we asked her to do. And I said, sweetheart, come here. I said, let's have a quick talk. Why do you think mom and dad give, give you rules? And she goes, so you can tell us what to do? <laughs> like, well, technically rules are telling you what to do, so that doesn't make sense. Um, let's try again. Why do you think mom and dad give you rules? Because you don't want us to do bad stuff. So, okay, I'll, I'll go with you there. Why, why do you think mom and dad don't want you to do certain stuff? Sorry, let me ask you a specific question. Why doesn't mom and dad want you to run in the middle of the street? Because you don't want us to get hurt. So Evelyn, every single rule, every single command, every single instruction and parameter that we set, it's not serving mom and dad. It's not so we can have more joy. It's because we love you. And we want to protect you. And we want to preserve and watch over the life that God, God does not give you and I rules and commands and parameters so that he can feel good about himself. God needs no help with his ego. God's not going, yeah, you know, it just makes me feel really good when you obey me. Just reminds me, you know, that I'm powerful and I'm in control and I'm God. I just, it's, your obedience doesn't do, do what you think it does for God. It's for you. Bible Bible says, these things I'm giving you, so your joy. Why is it? Why is it that Psalm chapter chapter 1 says, blessed is the man who meditates and delights in God's law? Well, because he feels good about himself. Because he gets to brag to all his friends. Yeah, 45-day challenge, crushed it. Matter of fact, crushed you. You probably did like the 45-second challenge. Did you even, like it's not, it, Blessed is the man who who meditates and delights and gives themselves to God's word because God's ways bring life. It'd be be, be like me saying, yeah, I um, went online and I found this crazy good banana bread recipe. And, um, you know, because I follow the instructions all the way perfectly to perfection, it turned out amazing. It's like, no. It turned out amazing because it's a good recipe. That's why it turned out amazing. Like it, it tasted good because the recipe was good. There is blessing and reward in following God's ways because God's ways are good. God's paths are good. All of God's commands and instructions and param- whatever you want to call them, the ways of God, they are good for our soul. They bring life and fulfillment and joy and they keep us and protect us and preserve us from that which only brings destruction. Proverbs chapter seven, verse one through five. I love Proverbs seven. Proverbs seven is a proverb that all of you should go home and read. It is a proverb about a stupid young man. And he's a stupid young man because naively he just wanders into into the, the enemy's trap. But 
Proverbs chapter seven, verse one through five. You can put it on the screen for me. That'd be awesome. Uh, Proverbs seven, chapter one, verse five, uh, chapter seven, starting in verse one, verse one through verse five. It says, my son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Verse two, keep my commands and live. My law as the apple of your eye. Verse three, bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse four, say to wisdom, you're my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin. Verse five, that, someone say that. That, that God may love you. Nope. That you may find approval. Nope. That you might feel really, nope. That they may keep you. From the immoral woman, Proverbs 7, it, it, it is a, a proverb that it is about lust. However, it also represents and depicts for us sin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her, with, with her words. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. My second thought tonight is simply this, that it's the Bible that guides our life. It's the Bible that guides our Life. Psalm 119 verse 105 says that your word, God's word, it is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. We, we don't, the, the Bible is not non-negotiable because listen, man, if you don't read the Bible, I'm telling you, bro, if, if you don't get up and if you don't journal, if you don't get up and you don't read and you don't journal and you don't do your daily devotions, God's going to be mad at you. He's going to be so frustrated. Like we, I've maybe done a, a bad job in the past because we've had people in our youth group who are like, yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I just don't know if God's really pleased with me right now because I haven't been doing a good job doing my daily devotions. The Bible's not a priority because it brings us favor with God. No, no, Jesus forever through his finished work has, has brought us into a relationship with our creator God where we're at peace with him. No, no, the Bible's priority because the, the Bible is, is what God uses through, through, through the help of his Holy Spirit, uses to guide our life. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through, through 17, Paul is writing to his young son, son of the faith, and he says this. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, this book is actually a living book and is profitable or it's useful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's, it's, it's good, in other words, to teach you, to correct you, to help you, to guide your life. And verse 17 says this, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. By show of hands, how many of you would say, I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good thing God has in store for me? But, but Paul goes, hey, hey, yo, Timothy, the only way you will be thoroughly equipped is you, you got to let God guide your life. You got to let the spirit of God through his word guide and lead and direct you. The Bible says this, Joshua chapter one, verse eight, uh, God is speaking to Joshua, who's about to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, some will say then, yeah. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. You know what's interesting about this verse? And I, I promise we're done here in just a second. But you know what's interesting about this verse is that in, in our mind, I think kind of why we need to change it up, we, we take out the middle part of it. We, 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 we read it in our thinking like this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Okay, if I do my daily devotions, if I read my Bible, if I, if I just give myself to scripture, then I'll be prosperous and have good success. Nope. There's a middle part and it says, this word is useful to lead and guide you, to equip you that you may do all that's written in it. The blessing is not in the hearing. The reward is not in the hearing. It's in the, it's in the doing. It's in the living. It's in the applying. It's, it's in becoming someone that just goes, because the Bible says so. Like, we got to get past understanding everything before we just trust God enough to obey him. I, I, don't, I don't really know about that. I'm not really sure. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I, I don't need to have all the answers. I, I have faith and trust. Evelyn doesn't need to know why I have parameters in a certain area. No, she just needs to know that she has a good dad who is trying to protect and watch over her and therefore trust me. Do we, 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 we don't want to go there. We, we got to get back to being people that we just say, God, I trust you enough that I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you, you, you guide my life. And, and, and you do want to speak to me in prayer. You do want to speak to me in the quiet place. You do want to speak to me in dreams and various ways. But the primary way that you want to speak to me is through what you've already said. You want to lead me. You want to guide me through the through the word. Like, can, can, can we, can we get back to, to, and Kimberly, would you come play and help me close? What, can, can we get back to not being people that are so offended when someone brings us scripture? Like we get easily offended. Like you, okay. From a pastoral perspective, you really want to tick someone off. Like you really want to make someone angry. Just, just help them to see how their decision is contrary to scripture. Ah, there you go. Being legalistic, legalistic pastor. I don't know if the Bible classifies obedience as legalism. Like I'm okay with us using big words as long as we know what they mean. Legalism is when I'm doing something for the love and approval of God. I'm not obeying God for his love or approval. God loves me. He approves of me. He's called me righteous. I'm at peace with him because of what Jesus has done. I'm obeying God because I've made him the Lord of my life. And I've made him the Lord of my life because he is the good shepherd who wants to lead me and guide me to, to where life is. I'll make this very practical because I sometimes can preach sermons that it's like, that's awesome, Brandon, but what do I do with that? I'm going to help you know what to do with it. This, this maybe is not all the way applicable to you, um, but, but you can take it and you can get an idea. Look at your neighbor and say, you could get an idea from it. You can get an idea. Okay. So when, when I got really serious 
about like being someone who was taking delight in God's word and, and meditating in it. Here, here's my strategy. Number one, someone said, say number one. Miss Tammy, would you shut those doors just so we, we can close and we won't be distracted? Um, so number one, I just made a decision. I'm going to give God 30 minutes. Like don't, 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 don't make reading the Bible something that's like big and intimidating. Oh, I don't. It, give God 30 minutes. Give God one chapter and then give God 10 minutes to just think and write down what you think he's saying to you. I, I remember making a choice my senior year of high school. God, I'm going to give you 30 minutes a day. It's maybe not a lot. Maybe it's not impressive for the uber, super spiritual people. They're like, yeah. Remember last week I was in prayer and fasting for 19 hours straight. I was in a trance. It was pretty, it's like, I'd, I'm going to give you 30 minutes. I'm going to sit down with my Bible. I'm going to pray and say, God, today, would you speak to me? Would, would you open my eyes and my heart, my ears? Like, you hear me pray that a lot when I'm preaching, but it's just because I've been praying it since I was like 17, 18 years old. Just, God, today, open my eyes to see what you want me to see. Open my ears to hear you speak to me. And open my heart to receive what you, what you have for me. And then I read a chapter. It, highlight, underline, it, 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 okay. And, and then I take my journal. And I would simply, you don't got to follow a certain method, but I would just write down, this is what God's saying. The way that makes most sense to me is here's the scripture that I wrote down. Here's what I think it means. And here's how I want to apply it to my life today. And, and, then, and then here's what I would do. I would take a note card. This is not a note card, but it was up here. I would take a note card and I'd write that scripture on the note card and I'd put it in my back pocket. Be, because it's easy to read the Bible and then forget. I said, well, God, you said that I'm supposed to be thinking about this like all the time. And I make it a point to uh, around lunchtime and before I went to bed, take the note card out and remind myself of that scripture. Psalm chapter one, verse one through two. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Okay, God help, 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 help me to keep. And I, I just like this, it's not, a, it's not a recipe. It was just my way of going, all right, I'm gonna give God time in the morning. I wanna read. I wanna write down what he's saying. I, I, I wanna let the word guide me that I'm going to take that, and I'm not going to forget about it. I'm, I'm going to bring it with me and just remember it all day long. Like, it, it really sucks when God speaks something challenging to you, like, hey, you, you need to stop being so, so negative all the time. And you got this in your back pocket, and about lunchtime, you pull it out, and it's like, all right, it's been all three hours, and I've already kind of messed this one up. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, for your grace. Help me, Lord. Help me, God, to not, like, we, we got to change it up. How, however your current relationship with the scripture looks like, if it's not one where your delight is in God's word and you're thinking about it and taking it with you, you got to change it up.
You got to change it because a love and an allowance for God's word to guide your life, it's non-negotiable. If you want the blessing God has, like just, and and we're done right here. But like, what if, what if God wanted, wanted to speak to you and show you scriptures that actually were going to help you at 3 p.m.? Like, what, what if God actually was powerful, smart enough, able enough that he knew, uh, I, man, I know what Cade is going to face at 3 p.m. He's going to run into Senora so-and-so, and she, like, I'm, I'm the Lord, but I'll even admit she, she's kind of the worst. Like, she, she's, I, it's, it'd be tough for me to love her. And he's going to have a run-in with Senora so-and-so at 3 p.m., and it's really going to test his patience. And so, because Cade is a young man of God and because he's delighting in my word before school, I'm, I'm going to give him this little, this little nugget that's going to help him to have the patience and the grace that I want him to have. I, I think God's kind of able enough to equip us for what's ahead that God's able enough to give us things to put in our pocket that are going to help us at lunch. I I think God's able enough to put things in our heart that when we find ourselves in the moment of temptation, when we're in a place we shouldn't be with a person we shouldn't be with, in the moment of temptation, that all of a sudden God can take that word and go, well, I just, I I, got to get out of here. That is Proverbs 7, by the way. Proverbs 7, the the author is begging as a father to a son going, please, please give yourself to this word. Attach it to your life. Write it on a note card. Put it on a piece of paper. Put it in your phone. Whatever you, attach this thing to your life so that you may be protected and it may preserve you from from the evil one who wants to who wants to snatch your life. God's word is priority. God's word is non-negotiable. And it's not because we're trying to get God's love or approval. It's because God's a good God. God loves you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has good things in store for you. And he's trying to protect you and preserve you and equip you and, and fill you with joy and identity and a sense of security. He, he only has good in store. This, this word is not for his benefit. He did not write himself a book, an autobiography, so that he could get famous. God doesn't need help getting famous. God doesn't need, need our, our approval. God, he's God all on his own. He's given us this to guide us for our life. So here's what I want to ask. Would would you, would you become someone that just starts delighting in God's word? If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. Like, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do it because I don't want anyone to feel weird, but um, bring your Bible to church. Like, we, we, we got to be people who are like, this is serious, man. Like, I'm, I'm all in because this is the blues clues to the destiny God has for me. But get a pen, get a journal. Talk to a leader, find a friend. You got to start intentionally putting your delight and your thoughts here 
so that we can experience and, and discover all that God has for We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.